You are listening to Raices Verdes, a platform dedicated to validating, archiving, and sharing the experiences of people of color, indigenous people, and other marginalized voices in connection to the environment. My name is Samara Almonte, and today I want to acknowledge that we are recording on Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi traditional lands. This episode is especially um, important because of an indigenous struggle and um, just kind of overall movement that is happening right now. And so our guests will go more into that. But first, I want to introduce them. So today with me, I have Alana Miyashiro, Mm -hmm. um, and she's a rising senior at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, 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 majoring in natural resources and environmental management with a specialization in plant ecology, conservation and management. Her focus is on native Hawaiian plant conservation through plant propagation and applied forestry. She believes that conservation of native ecosystems by native people is critical to perpetuating indigenous culture and history. Hello, Alana. Hi, it's very nice to be here. (laughs) Yes, thank you for making time and um, such short notice too. So yeah, I guess one way that I like to open up the space is just getting to know you more and like your connections to land and the environment. So based on the title of the podcast, which is um, Raices Verdes, Green Roots, what do you think are your green roots? Um, So I guess like on my mother's side, um, growing up in Hawaii, like her parents were from Hawaii and their parents were from Hawaii. There's a long history of um, working on the sugar plantations that were there. And um, my great grandparents still live on the land that was cultivated as sugar. And um, I guess like my grandfather is full Okinawan and my grandmother on my mom's side is Filipino Chinese. And so Growing up, there was a lot of mixed culture and, like, I think agriculture, since it was, our whole lives were surrounded by that, and that's the reason um, my mother's side even moved to Hawaii. It's, like, it's just been a value that's very important to me and has been instilled in me, like, as a child. On my father's side, it's a little best, little less unknown just because I never actually met him, but he's full tomorrow. He immigrated to Hawaii from Saipan, which is a small island off of Guam. And I really wish that I knew more about that because I didn't really learn about that until um, my mom told me when I was older. And so growing up, I was always frustrated because like I always wanted to know more about that side and like feeling like, like there was half of me that I had no idea about, you know what I mean? Like right. that's half of my identity. Mm-hmm. And so there was always a struggle with that. But um, I think that like growing up in Hawaii, even if you're not Hawaiian, I feel like traditional Hawaiian values are instilled in you and like in all local people because that's just like that's just the culture there. Right. And those like values have a strong connection to land, it mm-hmm. seems like. And water, obviously. Yeah. And, everything. and I think it's like it's really good because Hawaii is a state where like the indigenous culture is very like connected to everything that you do and like for example like I go to the University of Hawaii and like our thing our like saying is like the land is always perpetuated in righteousness like Mm. that is like the logo of University of Hawaii and I just think that's an important thing that a lot of people don't even recognize Right. No, especially some of the more like mainstream environmental colleges Mm -hmm. um, here in the States. Like supposedly this college I graduated from is, well, not supposedly, it is the first ever environmental college in the States. Um, And 
it's so mainstream and it's environmentalism and I feel like it has no real connection to like native people. So it's really so yeah, so this um, episode is really going to focus on the struggle that is happening currently as we're recording on Mauna Kea, mm-hmm. Mauna Kea, and really about protecting sacred lands. So if you don't mind for people that maybe are still unsure or like haven't really taken the time to read, could you just maybe summarize like what's happening right now in the island? Okay, so um, Mauna Kea is the tallest mountain in the state of Hawaii. It's located on Hawaii Island, um, also known as Big Island, and... It's been a very sacred spot for Hawaiian people for forever, you know, because it is the tallest spot on the island. Like, there's just so much cultural significance with, like, um, Akua, which is God, and the spirituality of the heavens and, you know, ancestors. And so currently there is construction plan for the 30-meter telescope on the mountain. And for a long time, like, because this has been in planning for a very long time and people have always been trying to fight against it but the reason it's become such a big issue in this past current week is because construction is being planned to start like next or last week actually but that has since been pushed back right they've like been able to stop it somehow Mm -hmm. until now yeah and so hawaiian people are i don't well another thing is like they're not protesting it's like one of the things that people are saying is like we are protectors and not protesters because that's their land and they're protecting it. People have been up there every single day um, standing on the road and then last week is when they finally started arresting people and the first people that they arrested were the kupuna which is the elders and the elders were willingly arrested because they wanted to be a symbol for indigenous sovereignty and a lot of those elders that were arrested were actually involved in the events of Koho Olave in the 70s which is a whole other thing. Um, Koho Olave is actually another island um, part of the Hawaiian chain and it's a very 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 small island and the US military actually used to do bombing practice on it. It's a very sacred island and so back in the 70s there was a I guess they call it the Hawaiian Renaissance because that was just when the movement of like bringing back Hawaiian culture mm. into the mainstream actually started. Mm. Is it kind of like the indigenous movement that happened by native tribes like here in like the main states or am I kind of like confusing that? Oh no, yeah. So it was yeah. kind of like that, like the, I think, what are they called? I guess, yeah, like the indigenous like movement here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so the whole fight back then was actually fighting for Ko'olawe to be protected um, again and actually they succeeded and so now um, very few people have access to the island and if you do have access you're going there to restore the environment and there's a whole process on like who can um, enter and if you do enter you have to do certain like traditions and you have to only have to chant in you have to be there and like it's a lot of Hawaiian groups also which is very good so I think looking back on the succession, not the succession, but like the, like their, I guess it's success, but like their achievements. Yeah, now. yeah, like the, yeah, on like the resilience. Olave. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like how they were able to get that as a protected land, even after like how many years of the military owning it and bombing it, I think a lot of people are looking to this with a lot of hope because back then, if they can succeed, then we can do it again today. And there's been so much coverage, like 
globally, I think, which very like really surprised me because a lot of the times I think news from Hawaii doesn't really make it to the outside world. And so for this to be like covered by a lot of people, it really, it really makes me happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it should because with such an increase in like ecotourism and like all these different tourist um going to somewhere like Hawaii, like I would hope that it would make such a national news where I've been seeing a lot of the posts and I think I've seen you share it on social media too that it's like this especially pertains to folks that have visited Hawaii before. Mm-hmm. Like you have a social responsibility, right? To yeah. like if you've gotten to enjoy these lands for other things like recreation or whatever, like why not also like understand your part in the state that Hawaii is in right now. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it's just strange because I never I always looked at the government in Hawaii as like separated from the government and the actual like, like tribal government kind of No, more like the like the actual US government because oh, we see. are such a liberal state in everything that we do and like with all the things that Trump has done, like it's always been Hawaii who has like pushed back against that. But um recently Governor Ige like announced that this is they called it a state of emergency when even though like the people protesting on Mauna Kea were doing it peacefully you know obviously like they made sure to they call it kapu aloha which is like going there with the right mindset and being peaceful and like going in with the right intentions and so for him to call it a state of emergency it was a great like disrespect and he also uh, mentioned that it was like oh, it's an unsafe place and that there were drugs and alcohol and all this kind of stuff and making it seem like the people there were like the bad guys when obviously that's not the case. Right. And so for him to say something like that, it was just so crazy to me because I've never like seen him go against like indigenous culture like that. And I think a lot of people are very upset about that. And so... Right now, it's just looking to where we're going to go from here because obviously people are still on the mountain, people are still protesting, but people got arrested. And there were rumors that um, the National Guard was going to be called in, which they never were, but you don't know where it's gonna go from here, especially like as time progresses and like, I know that they wanna uh, begin construction already. Right, and I think about back with, like, the Dakota Access Pipeline, like, how it also just escalated really mm-hmm. quickly with, like, um, military, like, militarization coming in. Yeah. And, like, obviously I don't want that to happen, but I can see how, like, people's minds are already there, right? That, like, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, the U.S. government wouldn't, like, even blink an eye to, like, yeah. send military down to something like that. So I guess being away from Hawaii right now, you know, in a program that's, like, supposed to focus on environmental justice, I'm sure, like seems almost ironic that you're like doing this work here and then there's so much work to do back home like how has it been for you just having to see all of it through like social media basically right now it has been the most frustrating thing ever like it like Mm. it upset me so much especially on the day that the kupuna got arrested because what they were doing was like the the news channel was actually live streaming the whole thing And I sat there, like, I had to call out of work, and I sat there, and I watched for hours, and I watched, like, I watched them, like, get arrested, and I watched them call out, and I watched the people cry, and I see, like, all my friends and stuff like that, and they're all going to Mauna Kea, as they should, you know what I mean? And I just, like, I just want to be there, because I feel like 
that's like my responsibility like that's my duty and even like not even going to Mauna Kea like I see marches all across the islands I see a lot of protests I see like a lot of people getting together and I like I just feel left out you know like yeah. I want to be a part of it and I guess like I guess that's one way because before I wasn't really ready to go home I was like oh I'm having so much fun here you know what I mean <laughs> yeah but now it's like I have to go home it feels like an urgency how far away is your university from like the mountain or that area i guess so I, i'm it, not i've never been to hawaii so i'm like not really familiar with its geography oh no it's okay um my the island that i'm from and the university is actually on a completely different island than mauna kea so you'd have to take an airplane there and uh, but so much people are going and i think like it's really understandable like i think people understand like if you take off work and stuff like that people are really good with that mm-hmm. um but yeah, but there's been a lot of marches and stuff like that on my island, so that's really good. And like, there's a whole another controversy because the university, even though like, I don't know, it's really confusing. It's like even though they acknowledge that like, like Hawaiian indigenous culture is an important thing, and they try to incorporate it into the education. Like, they sent out um, letters and things like that to the student body saying. Like, oh, if there are protesters here on the university, like, it's a, it's going to be a dangerous situation. Right. Was it the university that's, like, supporting the construction of the telescope or, like, your university? It's my university. Oh, okay. And so it was just really strange for them to send out something like that. And so, like, the, the student body president sent out a, nut, um, a letter in response to that because it was, like, the actual, like, head of the university that sent that out and was like no we support the hawaiians and the um and not the construction of the telescope because i think a lot of people are saying like oh you have like you don't support science if you don't support the telescope which is like yeah actually yeah like another the other question that kind of had on here was um with things like, I think, I think sometimes with situations like the Nodapal, like that's a pipeline, right? And like a lot of people can understand the dangers of a pipeline and like what that can happen. But I feel like in this situation, it seems like a lot of people are framing it as like, well, it's for the betterment of science, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you not want to like know more about the universe and the stars? So I guess like, how do you feel about folks justifying this construction on sacred land over the name of quote unquote science? Well, it's just crazy to me because like, when you do an experiment and you involve like human subjects like you have to go through a whole entire process just to get your experiment approved you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. if you have to go through that whole process to get it approved but yet you can build this telescope on like sacred land which involves people and like their culture and also their mental well-being and you can, like, justify that, it, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? What are kind of, like, the biggest concerns by the community that the, like, telescope will create, like, in the mountain? Aside from, obviously, like, taking up space in a sacred um, area. Well, actually, they were trying to negotiate that, okay, you can build the telescope, but we want access to that land because, you know, it holds resources, like, plants, and just, like... Um, practicing like cultural traditions on the land like they're like okay you can build a telescope but at least let us have access to the land 
Right. And they wouldn't even allow them to do that. Was it because, like, the telescope would be kind of in a gated situation? Or, like, Mm -hmm. what was that going to look like, you know? I'm not, like, too sure, but I know it it had to do something with, like, because the telescope is, like, federal, that Mm -hmm. you can't really be on the federal land. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, like you said, there's just been such a history of science, like, um causing so much harm especially in communities of color indigenous mm-hmm. communities that like at this point i just feel like we can't be saying that like science is in, is like neutral right like science is most definitely political yeah. and it has created political issues in our communities so i mean you kind of mentioned the one the struggle from like the 70s but does this current struggle like in hawaii like remind you of any other environmental like issues that you've seen in the islands before i know you said that sometimes the news doesn't make it out globally so is there other news that like or are there situations that we should know about that people might not like know from history um i think like the impacts of just colonization and urbanization on hawaii have like changed the landscape drastically you know from like so many invasive species being introduced and like the loss of our native endemic plants and animals the destructions of our forests um the gentrification, you know, it definitely has an impact on like Native Hawaiians' lives because slowly they're getting pushed out of where they were, you know what I mean? And I guess like another one, another incident specifically would be like, I don't know how long ago this was, but it was probably in the last 10 to 20 years, but there's research being done on um, genetically modifying kalo, which is um, the Hawaiian word for taro, which is a staple native Hawaiian food crop since the very beginning. And I think a lot of people were pushing back on that because if you like, because with GMOs, they specific, like they choose, they are like, they create one species and then, you know, they plant that in mass crops, you know, like corn. Mm -hmm. And so people were pushing back on that because it's like if you take away all of the variations and the variety of like kalo then you're taking away like the history because each each variety of taro has like a specific coin name and the reasoning because of that the purpose yes and so like if you take that away then you're taking away like an insane amount of history right so they were yeah. trying to like homogenize the plants mm-hmm. then yeah yeah um, so another thing kind of in reference to what you were saying about like Hawaii news not always making it to a global scale, why do you feel like this is a global issue then that folks should be paying attention outside of Hawaii? Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, going back to the incident about the pipeline and this, and it's like people need to realize that all over the world, like indigenous cultures are slowly being pushed away and like being stolen from basically. Like, whether it be through land or even their culture, like, you know, we, like, Hawaii is so much more than, like, dancing and fire shows and pineapples. And it's just, like, Hawaiian people feel invisible, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because all that people are choosing to see is, like, what they want to see. Right, like the, um, kind of commodification of that Mm -hmm. culture yeah 
have you been seeing um like indigenous solidarity outside of hawaii like with other communities here or anywhere else like have you been seeing if other indigenous groups have been creating solidarity um honestly i don't really know because i think that's one of the surprising things about being in this program is like i really thought there would be more like education on that kind of thing especially since we're like i feel like in michigan there's a lot of like indigenous tribes and culture and so i kind of expected there to be more education on that which there hasn't been Mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know like I, that's what I came into this program like kind of excited to learn about because I'm not too educated on like Native American culture and I was like it would be so cool to like compare like indigenous cultures on the islands versus indigenous cultures here right you know what I mean and I'd love to like learn about what they went through you know mm-hmm. yeah I think um, I had those expectations for this program as well and I think for me the ways that it has shown the most was where like last year, I don't know if you all had the same reading, but I feel like we had one reading on the indigenous communities here and it felt mm-hmm. like a very like short like conversation where like this should be something we're constantly thinking about. Yes. And I think it's also uncomfortable when like we, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like most of our mentors, like the people we're doing research or interests with are really not focusing on indigenous communities either. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's been also hard where it's just like, I can't even say like my program is doing it much less like the people I'm working with. Yeah. And it's, I feel like a lot of this program focuses on like diversity and like people of color and that's amazing you know what i mean but i feel like indigenous people are people of color as well right you know? and I, we can talk all we want about indigenous voices but like how is this program prioritizing like their experiences and yeah. like advancing student indigenous students in like environmental programs right mm-hmm. so yeah i also wish i would like have a more honest conversation with the staff about like why don't you feel like we're getting enough indigenous enrollment in this program Mm -hmm. um but thinking about what you're saying like i wish like you wish you could like connect with more like of that culture i did think about that when you were talking about the sugarcane in your family because Mm -hmm. my family has been sugarcane farmers for three generations as well and i think that's really cool to think that like in such a different part of the world because this is like in mexico where my family has been doing this like someone else is doing um sugarcane plantations so that makes me really happy yeah but there's someone else who feels familiar to that plant because i've like thought about tattooing it on my arm i've like mm-hmm. really like like to me sugar sugar um cane is home like mm-hmm. when i see that plant too yeah definitely like i have the sticker oh you do and this is a this is actually a sugar cane like oh the mill the yeah mill, yeah so like oh my gosh, that's how that's we so know. beautiful. It's such a beautiful plant and like it has such extensive roots. Like yeah, it. and it's like so significant in like so many different cultures and right yeah and I know with Hawaii it has a lot of culture. I've read a little bit just because of, of the different like communities that have worked sugarcane plantations mm-hmm. right like different immigration um, that's happened in Hawaii and such. Um, so for people that I guess are still looking for ways to support the movement right now or trying to keep up on social media like. What do you think are the most tangible ways that people can support, especially if they're, like, non-Hawaiian? Mm-hmm. I think, like, well, for me initially, like, I felt so helpless being here because I was like, well, I'm not there protesting, you know, so, like, I'm obviously helpless. But it took me a while to realize that I'm not helpless, you know? And, like, as much as the people have a role there on the mountain, like, I have a role here, too. And, like, my role is to, like, educate the people around me, to talk about it, to bring awareness, 
And I think there's a lot of ways that you can do that. And I think one of the biggest ways is like to donate to the Hawaii Bail Fund, because as we know, like the Kupuna got arrested, and if they can't make bail, you know, then they're gonna go to jail. Mm-hmm. So like, I think definitely donating to that. Um, there's a lot of local organizations and local shops that, um, like, you can buy things from them, and then they'll donate the proceeds to, like, the the fun or the group, which is Kuli. Mm-hmm. Like these ear- these earrings. I know. I saw it on you, um, Jocelyn, in your like social media today. Did you all get them from a community, like a shop there? Yeah. So actually, she gave these to me as a gift. Which Aww. when she gave them to me, I like cried Aww. because I don't know. It's just nice to think that other people care about it as much as I do and like especially the people that I care about when they care about something that I like you know right yeah and that's I mean I think at the end of the day that's how you build a community right like you can stick people together as much as you want and like force them to do these like activities and whatnot but mm-hmm. at the end of the day I think the way that you build community is like through like un- like wanting to understand someone else's struggle right and like yeah. help out if you can mm-hmm. um but even if you can't like spend money or donate or things like that just like being aware and being educated like, I think that's the most important thing. Like, what has been to you the most, like, insightful thing about this movement? Especially maybe seeing, like, you said those elders on the front line those first few weeks. I think for me, like, the thing that has just brought so much hope and optimism is just that this news has gotten, like, has reached so far out, you know, to other countries, to everyone, because... I don't know. I think when you grow up on the island, you just think that everything is so small and everything just stays on the island and that every like you kind of feel like you're in this little bubble. But the fact that other people care about it and I just read that like like over 700 astronomers signed against the telescope saying that yeah. it was like um like unethical yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. So that brings me hope and that just that the Hawaiian people have so much power in what they do and that when you really care about something and that you want to protect something with all your heart that it'll work, you know? Right, yeah, and I think that's a really beautiful way to end and I'll make sure to share on Instagram like the um, links that you just mentioned so people mm-hmm. can donate um, to local um, organizations there and especially for the funds, uh, the bailout funds. But um, thank you all for listening to Raices Verdes. This is a podcast for healing our relationship to the earth as people of color. And to stay updated, just follow us on Instagram, Nuestras Raices Verdes, or NuestrasRaicesVerdes.com, and on SoundCloud, Raices Verdes. Thank you. Thank you.